I am your host, Raquel Ark, an American podcasting from Germany, and this is Listen In. Join this series of conversations with inspiring scientists, leaders, and authors about listening as a surprising superpower that is not always as easy as it seems. Believe me, I know, and I've been learning and will continue to learn, and I hope that this podcast will help you find practical ways to help others listen better while you become better at leading people, catalyzing collaboration, transforming conflict, building trust and engagement. And I'll tell you, when really good listening happens, then the entire group, including you, can feel energized and inspired. So sit back and enjoy listening beyond what we typically think of. Juliana Tafur is convinced that listening to stories has the ability to change us. As CEO of Story Powerhouse, creator of Listening Courageously, board member of the International Listening Association, and former Discovery Network's content executive, she's been on a listening journey since producing Listen, an award-winning documentary which brings together people on opposite sides of the spectrum to connect at a human level and transcend their differences. Listen to this interview about how she creates safe spaces for employees at organizations and academic institutions to share, listen to each other, and learn skills to cope with today's challenges. Enjoy listening in. Welcome, Juliana, to the Listen In podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you, Raquel. It's good to be here with you. So I've wanted to have this conversation with you for some time um, because you have done so much and had a lot of impact on listening especially the last few years. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I'd like to ask you about the first time where listening really became important to you or when you started noticing its impact, whether it worked or it didn't work. Can you tell me about that moment? Yeah, I think the first time I noticed listening was during the editing of Listen, which is a film that I produced and directed that uh, brings people together who are on opposite ends of the spectrum and has them connected at human level to transcend their differences. And I had envisioned bringing these people together with the intent, yes, to connect, but I didn't know that they would be connecting through listening. I had expected that as a society, we were ready to have these kinds of conversations and to open up to learn about the experience of the other, And I just thought there must be something in their life story and the reason why they believe what they believe that makes the other person, you know, stop and listen. But really, listening wasn't at the forefront of why I was doing this. It was more this desire to create human connection between people who wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to do so. And while I was filming... I began to notice it, but while I was editing it and went back to those conversations and listened to them over and over again, I really understood that the participants who had been able to connect at a deep level were those who had stopped to listen. And as a result of that, I titled the film Listen. Hmm. So that's where the, the word came from. You didn't really have that in mind at first. Exactly. Exactly. 
listen was my discovery. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that especially um, even during the recording and during the process, you didn't realize it as much until after you went back and watched the films over and over. Watch the recordings over and over. The recordings. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was creating a space for these people to connect at a human level, but I wasn't necessarily paying so much attention to the ways in which they were listening. And I can honestly say it was after. It was during the process of editing and watching the material and really deeply understanding that wow, the human connection actually occurred when they listened. And when you notice that, when you recognize that, what did that do to you? So I became obsessed with it, fascinated with it. (laughs) I reached out to people who have since become mentors, who are in the field of listening, both as practitioners and researchers. I seeked um, avenues to learn more about listening. I joined the International Listening Association and became so involved that I joined the board of directors. And it's been a journey. I call it a listening journey. You know, that started with Listen, the film that progressed through the edit and that eventually became Listen Courageously, which is a series of workshops that I now run that use the film as, I would say, a tool for listening and invite people to learn more about their own listening and listening blocks so that we can engage in better, deeper, and more present conversations. So tell me more about the Listening Courageously workshops. How do those work? Yeah. So along the way, when Listen came out, um, was at film festivals, was you know being recognized with some awards. I realized that all of that was nice, but there was something else that I wanted to do with this, in part because I had a strong desire to impact people with the film, and in part because I saw that there was such a big need for this work. So I decided that instead of just placing the film on a platform, where people could, you know, watch it and potentially be impacted by it. I realized that I wanted to create something and that was listen courageously so that people would actually be able to come together and do the deeper work of understanding themselves. So what we do is the film really opens people up to the experience of listening because as they are watching different sets of participants across the topics of abortion, guns, and immigration talk through what is it that makes them believe what they believe. And then when they're able to really overcome just the issue, and I believe this, you believe that, we hate each other, we fear each other, but understand that, hey, you have different beliefs I am never going to agree with those beliefs, but when I learn your backstory and understand deeply what has shaped you, I no longer fear you. I no longer hate you. And then we can start the conversation again and connect from a different place. 
So what happens during the workshops is that people are invited to recognize that they can also do the same, that this is indeed possible, that we can have these types of conversations when we listen courageously, when we step out of our comfort zones and understand that at the end of that discomfort of you believe this, I believe that we're never going to agree that there might be relief when we stop to get to know each other. And although people think they are good listeners um, as they are watching the film, we invite them to assess their own listening We ask them to pay attention to what they're feeling as they are watching, if they're siding with one of the participants in the film over the other, which of the participants is displaying good listening and why, or not displaying good listening and why. And people don't expect for people with opposing viewpoints to come together like that. And we realize that We all jump into conclusions about who people might be because of the positions that they represent. And even when the film participants begin to come together and understand each other a little better, what I often hear from workshop participants is that they're still angry and they're still kind of yelling at their screen and (laughs) wondering, but where are the facts? And (laughs) because that is just what we're used to doing. So when they come to the sessions, they are really eager and willing to go through a session where they break all of this down and understand themselves better. So during the sessions, we take a moment to first go back to that listening assignment that we give them when they watch the film. So they get a chance to share, listen to others and be listened to in small group settings Uh, I have an amazing team of facilitators that's been doing the sessions with me for the past year and a half. And we create a space for that's very intimate and personal for people to be able to kind of bring their whole selves and share genuinely and, and listen, hopefully without judgment as well. And then we talk about different ways in which we can enter these difficult conversations. And I've actually been inspired by research from one of the International Listening Association researchers, Graham Bodie, uh, who I know you also know, and we all appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also talk about listening blocks through a framework for empathic listening that I developed that allows people to scan themselves to understand what gets in their way of listening, uh, observe it, visualize it, and eradicate it. It's called the love framework. So The L stands for listen, the O for observe, the V for visualize, and the E for eliminate. Hmm. And and people walk away with that knowledge of, yeah, this comes up for me. I've been able to accept it without shame, without guilt. We all have listening blocks, and I am putting an action or memory in place to be able to be better and kind of move forward, being more present and more empathetic in my conversations. And I will also share that. Our program, what I just described is the part one session of our program. And after doing these sessions, I think for like the first seven months, I realized that we could take the listening skills that we learn 
on this part one session and apply them to can we connect with people who are different from us at the level of who we are. So in the part two session, we are actually inviting people to share what has impacted them at the level of their gender, their socioeconomic status, their sexual orientation, gender identity, as well as race, cultural background, and color of skin. So in the part two, we are really creating space, very much like we did in the film, for people to share what has impacted them and for others to listen. And it's just wonderful to see I mean, listening in action and what it does to people. I mean, I can imagine that, especially, I mean, the first one is more of, um, you know, that opens people's eyes and gets them, you know, out of maybe patterns. And as a first step in the second one, I can imagine being very transformative. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. <laughs> it's, I'm totally biased. <laughs> but um, we did a session this week for a company that has a kind of partly based in the U.S., partly based in Canada. And it was so heartwarming to hear their responses. And I actually got an email that the person who hired us sent to others in their team. And mm -hmm. I'll just read a little bit of what they said. So he said, feedback is incoming, but overall impact is currently rated at 9.8 over 10. And self-assessed comfort level with having a difficult conversation has gone from 6.53 over 10 pre-workshop to 8.6 over 10 after day one and 8.20 over 10 after day two. So I was so happy. I was like, this, awesome. like, this is why we do what we do. And yeah, nice. It's just it makes it well, I think it's great because those difficult conversations are um, so they're stressful, you know, people worry about, and, and that stress isn't always from that moment. The stress often comes before, right? When we're thinking about it and, and worried about it and who knows what, you know, is going on through our minds before. And I don't know if this connects, but when you were speaking before, you said that when people go through the workshop, that they have a sense of relief afterwards. Yes. There's this relief. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's mostly relief. And I'm just thinking, where does that relief come from? The relief comes from finally realizing that this is possible, um, seeing that there's a way forward, seeing that there are tools that can help you. Um, we have all been, as a society, holding on to so much with this division and othering um, that has been occurring. And a lot of us have lost hope. A lot, a lot of people don't think it's possible to connect across our divides and across our differences as people. And they are relieved because we're all so tired of it, whether we want to recognize it, acknowledge it or not. We're just exhausted. Yeah. As I was listening to you speak, I was thinking, man, you're really taking people, I mean, through the movie, you have people talking about really tough, really tough conversations. You know, we have difficult conversations every day at work you know, we're on negotiating projects or budgets or, you know, or whatever, but what you're, the topics you bring into the movie and probably even what you 
are willing to how should they tackle in the workshops is also pretty pretty intense topics you know even about religion about race you know a lot of things that are going we see a lot of stuff happening right now uh, also in the media and you know this this developing skills and knowing that there's tools to have these difficult conversations where we can have them in a healthy way where even if we don't agree, we can still leave the room feeling good or energized or with more understanding is huge. So when you go into organizations or even to NGOs, what is it that they ask you for? And what is it that they actually afterwards realize they received? Yeah, they ask us to go in there to address how to teach their employees to listen better because we are all recognizing that we are not separate from what is happening around us. So we are actually inviting people to bring really their whole selves to work. And I know that's become like a little cliche term, but by creating spaces where people are sharing what has impacted them we are opening the door for them to do the same when they go back to work. We are opening the door for people to acknowledge that I come from this background. I've experienced these things because of my gender. I have been discriminated because of my sexual orientation. Or this has happened to me where I've been othered or finger pointed at because of the color of my skin or my race or cultural background. And we're not used to bringing all of that into work because no one has asked us to. Actually, people have asked us not to in a way, whether it's been direct or indirect. Um, there's been so much talk about, you know, keeping your two spheres, you know, your work sphere and your personal sphere and not really intermingling them. And we are actually suggesting that people begin to acknowledge that we are people first and that those things that have shaped us and matter to us really also inform what we bring to the workplace, the way that we see things, decisions, creativity we bring, uh, solutions that we you know, might contribute with, passions especially, you know, things that we care deeply about because what we have gone through or experienced in life. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people ultimately end up realizing, wow, that's a really nice byproduct of this because my colleague shared something that was deeply personal to her that I didn't know. And now we can have conversations about what people are walking away with is this desire to enter conversations not wanting to win, but wanting to listen, because ultimately listening is going to make them win. But actually what you're saying right there is when we listen, we actually have so much more to contribute in the end. We have, when we listen to each other, there are, we're able to, all of us are able to have more voice, right? And when we listen in this way, we're, we're able to find, you know, um, uh, I don't know, solutions or ways to move forward with each other that, you know, can bring us more success. So, so we all win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the people being listened to feel also deeply appreciated and valued. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, so you made me a little curious. You know, I was listening to you talking about how the people organizations or why you're hired on and, and what they, and that um, you are basically opening up the conversation so that we can bring the human side into work or that it, there it is, we can bring our whole selves into, into work. And that a lot of times it's because of past experiences or things that we're passionate about that influences the work that we're doing. So with that in mind, you know, what's, what is about you that's driving you forward with all of this work? You know, something that is from an experience you had in the past or a passion that you have, what is it that's driving you forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely my lived experiences have taken me here and continue driving me forward. So I am Colombian American. I moved to the United States when I was 15. My family came to the United States with political asylum. At 15, I was kind of made to uh, get out of the bubble, the only thing that I knew and questioned my identity. And then from that point forward, I kept putting myself in situations really where I had to get out of bubbles and question my identity. I did a study abroad experience while I was in college at Northwestern, and I went to Egypt and uh, lived there for some time, then went back to do a documentary about Sudanese refugees, met refugees from all over Africa, and really found that I was quite similar to them, that I was lucky to have moved to the United States from Colombia, but I could have also ended in a country where my rights were not observed, as was the case in Egypt with the Sudanese. And and then I moved to Brazil after college and lived there for six years and also married a Norwegian. (laughs) So I've been questioning my identity through all of these experiences. And really what I have realized is that what is left from these situations where you are taken out of bubbles and made to really analyze who you are and the people around you is that we connect at a human level with people regardless of who we are, where we come from and who they are or what their story is. And then the other side of that is that I have also, through my experiences in filmmaking, in the production world, I've done a lot of work for most networks having experiences that make you realize the difficulties of, of being part of a, of a big apparatus, right? And how people communicate and what you are doing, what you are bringing or not bringing to work and how you are contributing. And it may be because people don't know what they can or cannot bring to work, right? Or it may be that the environment is just not welcoming. It could be either or. In my case, I wasn't bringing my whole self into any of these situations because I just didn't think that's what you did. I was never invited to do so through a program like this or through just understanding that it is okay to to bring ourselves because we can bring our passions and our ways of, of seeing the world and, and what that contributes. Mm-hmm. So you think about, you know, a lot of what you spoke about right now is also, you know, part of who you are, your identity, you have very diverse, um, you have a lot of diverse experiences also with different cultures and, and um, some, I guess, history and, and then you did this film. And you're looking at, and you're looking at the film afterwards, and you realize, oh, there's this listening piece. And all of a sudden, now, you're running these workshops. <laughs> um, 
And I was just thinking about how you're bringing your whole self into this. So if you were to describe a few of the words that would describe what is your whole self that you're bringing into the work you're doing right now into this listening work, what would you say? Well, huh, I am bringing all of what I am, what has shaped me, definitely my lived experiences, both personal as well as work related. I am bringing this deep passion also for how it started, right? How Listen started. Listen started because I wanted to find my place in our American society as a Latino woman with all the othering that was happening. So I bring that to the workshops for sure. And along with the team of facilitators that are part of our sessions and our work at Listen Courageously, who are also multi-ethnic, multiracial, with different lived experiences, um, diverse as well in their you know, sexual orientations and gender identities, and even of like varying abilities. I am... I've created, I would say, a micro, you know, universe within Listen Courageously of people who are so sensitive and with different lived experiences that are willing to come on and be very vulnerable about what they have gone through so that participants also are eager and willing to share and be vulnerable with us about what they have gone through. That's beautiful. And when you think about even your company and the people that the trainers or you know, the facilitators that you have work you're working with who you just described this this micro universe that you've created what are you learning about listening now in your work i have come to realize that listening is transformative it's the most powerful thing that anyone can engage in i have not come across anything like it and it's so simple but we don't know enough about it. And we are not given opportunities where we can engage in pure, deep, kind of sincere, present, empathetic listening. And it just feels so good when we do. It's like we return back to our humanity, but also to our center. So after every single one of these sessions, I recenter. It's, you know, I feel my heart expanding. And I am positive because of the amazing reviews that we are getting, like from people who just appreciate and value it. And I really don't want this to sound like a commercial, but but like people understand the power of it when they sit, listen, share, because ultimately there isn't enough listening going on. And, you know, I've heard people say that listening is, or being listened to is the closest to being loved or, or something along those lines. I have no idea who said it, but I've seen that multiple times. And I think it's so accurate. So in a society where there is a lack of listening, when we stop and invite people to listen People feel it and walk away renewed with a like renewed sense of hope, with an eagerness to continue doing it, and with their hearts a little bit touched and more open to inviting others to do the same. 
Yeah, it's this power that's sometimes hard to grasp and explain. You feel it, but it's hard to grasp and, and explain, even though little by little, thanks to our, <laughs> our science friends, they're helping us to understand it better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what would you love to understand more? On the listening front? Yeah, <laughs> I guess the listening. Maybe there's something else too, but <laughs> I was thinking the listening. What would you love to understand more about listening? Yeah, I mean, I I would love to continue understanding the science behind it. I know you just mentioned like our listening friends on the science, on the research end of it are doing us a huge favor of really dissecting, listening, why it works the way it does. And because I feel it, I see it because I practice it. I'm a listening practitioner, but I am not a researcher. And I am trying to understand and consume all of the research that's out there so that we can also reach people who would like to be invited into listening, not because we know and feel it works, but because research tells us it does. <laughs> That's right. I know. I was talking to one researcher and he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to prove that the, that it's not magic. It's, <laughs> I'm like, that's great. <laughs> we can feel yeah. the magic, but it's actually possible for us all to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And why? Like, I would love to know, like, what it, what it does to our brains. Like if we could like tap into people as they're going through sessions and really understand, you know, chemically, like in our bodies, what changes, what is happening to us neurologically when we are just being listened to and having an opportunity to listen without an agenda. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking, we're, we're asking these big questions. And I'm just, just um, when you go to these organizations and you're doing these workshops, you know, what are questions they're asking you? No, I think, I think really the film is a great way to open the door because they see that I've invited people to these encounters and the encounters have you know, by and large between the participants who went through the process of participating in the film been successful. And they know and see that the film is a great way to open people to the experience of understanding, listening better. So it's really clear to them how we can show people how to become a better listener, how to identify your listening blocks, and even how to communicate better across differences. And then with our part two workshop, I think they also understand that we can raise awareness of our identities as well as examine, I would say, the interaction and intersection of those identities in order to accept our differences and really embrace what we share, our shared humanity. And listening, I mean, you'd be surprised, um, Listening in the in the sphere of DNI is diversity, equity, and inclusion is 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 taught as you know yes something important and an important tenet and they are made aware of it and but it seems like it's always like part of another larger course with like a small a smaller module on listening as opposed to 
you know, a whole program about listening and how it impacts us, how to apply it and how to become better humans as a result of it. Like we know that listening is important. We say it's important. It's like written in what we should do with each other. If you read all the, you know, what we're, how we're supposed to handle these conversations. But the assumption is that we can do it just by telling someone to listen. You know, this is an assumption. And there's an assumption that having a little bit of practice or a little explanation in some bigger course is going to make the difference. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I realized for myself, what I didn't realize is um, how many different ways there are to listen and how it takes really a lot of practice. And there are situations where we can do it well and other situations where we can't. And it's something that is a lifelong, it's a lifelong practice. And so doing the trainings over time and to have spaces to practice is really important. Mm, I agree. I agree. And as a result of that, we are moving into, you know, offerings where we are actually engaging people in half a year, year long commitments where we can tap in, talk to people, see where they're at, meet them again, and give them more and continue growing. But the work that we are doing is more at the level of, can we as employees, but mainly as people, realize that as a society, we have forgotten how to listen and how can we connect again with each other, regardless of our differences. So our approach is a lot more centered on humans because we are part of this world and the things that have been affecting us as a result of our divisions again not only because of our idea our ideologies but also because of our differences at the level of who we are and that is kind of the space that we're moving in it's more as a result of a societal need and because these things are mattering and and are important to us as people, but people who also have jobs and work at these companies. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that that's so important. Even this approach can have a huge impact. You know, you, pro- you see, you saw the, the, the survey results, you know, how people really feel when you, when they had this experience and, and they could, you know, bring their whole selves and practice, bring their whole selves, practice having these difficult conversations and, and connecting as human beings and that has a huge influence on on our well-being, even on how we do at work. It has a huge influence. Even so, that being the focus is perfect. Why not? Well, it's also good for people to know that, you know, the managers who are inviting them to these sessions to carve out a space for themselves and go and participate and the leader who is putting it together, that they're caring about them. Yeah. That this matters, that they're yeah. being seen, that they are not just another entity that is part of a big operation, that they are a person who lives in this world and has been having issues with relatives or friends because of our divisions or hasn't been able to really grapple what to do with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, all these kind of uprisings for our equal rights um, as people. And whether you're on one end or the other end, it's important to acknowledge that this is happening around us and to take a moment and listen to our employees and bring them in so that we can all be better and do better. 
Yeah, beautiful. Well, it was a, it was such a pleasure, and I can only recommend you know watching the movie and being a part of your workshops. They're wonderful. I haven't had the opportunity to take part in your your second workshop, but the first one I have, and it was wonderful. And also the conversations that that happened in the small groups was really really wonderful. So I would really recommend anybody listening to this podcast to check Juliana out. I'll have the website on the notes. And um, is there any other way that you'd like for people to get in touch with you? Well, uh, apart from listencourageously.com, people can also find us at listen.courageously, either on Facebook or Instagram, also on LinkedIn, listen courageously, or just, yeah, if you like what I'm up to, just feel free to send me an invite over LinkedIn. I love connecting with new people. It was a lovely conversation and I appreciate all the work that you're doing to help people listen better to each other and to listen more courageously. Thank you, Raquel. I appreciate what you do. Thank you for inviting me. And I hope to uh, meet you in person soon. I, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Raquel Ark from Listening Alchemy, and I hope you are inspired by this episode of Listen In, and find one person today to practice your listening superpower. Please subscribe and like this podcast and share it with others so we can catalyze a listening movement together. A big thank you to Evo Tiemann for producing the music and Cecilia Mercado for getting this podcast set up. Find more information at www.listeningalchemy.com. Enjoy listening in.